What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Break Free on Purpose podcast. We are going to dive into breaking free from lethal thought patterns and step into your God-given purpose. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Break Free on Purpose podcast. So excited to have you here. I've got my very good friend, Gigi, joining us today for our podcast on singleness, thriving in your singleness as a Christian, how do you date as a Christian? Um, We obviously are ladies, so we'll be talking from the female perspective, but I'm so glad you're here. Gigi is a good friend, follower of Christ, and someone who just stands so firm on who she is as a believer, but as a female too, and who she is as a Christ-like leader. I think she is such a bold leader. She lives life with intention. So I know that she is going to be able to pour so much wisdom into all of you listeners on how to pursue dating, singleness, and preparation for marriage. I'm excited to have her here. Gigi, will you just share a little bit more about who you are and how you became a believer and how you also maybe have navigated yourself to being on this podcast and sharing all this juicy wisdom? First of all, I want to say thank you. Thank you for having me on here. It's such an honor, and it's such an honor to be your friend. Mm. Um, How I got here on this podcast (laughs) and in California, um, and a little bit about my faith. So I grew up as a Catholic all my life. Uh, Went to private school since I was a little girl, and always believed in God, but never really had a relationship with God. And it wasn't until about five years ago that I walked into my first Christian church and it all changed for me. Mm. Um, I had pers- Where were you living? I was living in Miami. I'm from Miami. Okay. Um, born and raised there. Basically, I got into network marketing and I kept seeing that all of these successful people had something in common and I didn't have it. And the common denominator was God. And I was like, okay, I, I pray. And that's the extent of my relationship with the Lord. And I always wanted a deeper relationship, but I didn't know what that looked like. I had never read the Bible. Um, I would go to church on Sundays as a little girl, but that totally stopped. Um, I think I got to a point where I was desperate and I had I was living with a boyfriend at the time and I kept saying, I want to go to church. I want to go to church. I think that that's going to like really shift our relationship. And he would tell me, I'm not going to a Catholic church. And I didn't understand it because that's what I grew up with. Mm. And I was like, what do you mean? Like all of our family and friends go to Catholic church. Like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I just don't resonate. It's not for me. Um, But I'll go to a Christian church with you. And I was like, okay, but I didn't really know what, who and where and what, um, in that moment, in that season of my life, um, I was a fitness instructor. I was teaching group classes and I had a client and from one day to the next, her life completely changed. And I just saw something shift and I was like, what are you doing? You've lost 30 pounds and you're just so filled with joy. And she goes, I found Jesus. <laughs> and I was like, okay, um, can I go to church with you? <laughs> and for all of the listeners listening, it's, it's really funny, but she took me to a church on a Wednesday night in Hialeah. And if you're from Miami, 
you're probably thinking, LOL, that's funny. Where is that? It's just like like a really Hispanic, Latin, like kind of like the hood. Did would, that church become your home church? Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> All right, different church. <laughs> totally different church. But I went with her and I was just willing. And I remember being there, it was all in Spanish and I speak Spanish, but it was so fast and I just did not understand <laughs> a thing. Um, but that was the first time that I heard about prophecy and someone prophesied something over me at the end of the service. And I was like, wow, okay. They told me I'd be speaking on big stages, helping a lot of people. And so anyways, fast forward, um, I ended up at a Christian church and that's where I found Jesus. Um, and it was beautiful because it all led me to where I am mm-hmm. today uh, with my mentors who were living a life of purity and sobriety, which has really been the catalyst of what's changed my life completely. Yeah. Okay, so for those who don't know you, you are a woman who has experienced a lot of miracles in your life. I love that. Maybe just give a little peek into what led you to now experience a lot of God's miracles in your life and maybe even what some of those miracles are. Cause I think your story is such a story that's easy to resonate with because it's very normal in the sense of people want to live a better life and they can grasp onto what you're talking about of, Oh, I want to move, but how would I do that? Oh, I want to get out of this relationship, but how would I do that? I want to feel more confident in my body, but how would I do that? But And you've been able to do that. You've been able to save and get out of debt the way that you were talking about. And God provided you with all these different miracles to be able to do that. And I think those are things that people talk about on a normal basis, but they don't know how they would involve God to have that miracle. So can you just repeat the question? Yeah. Share a little bit what led you to be able to experience God's miracles and then maybe some of what those miracles are. Okay. Ooh, this is a great question. So one, I would say obedience, I think was the biggest thing for me. Um, And then my prayer life. Um, And it wasn't until I moved to California that I really started to be intentional about my prayer life. I was really scared of praying. I was, I didn't know what people would think about me. I didn't know, you know, how to pray. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I went all in with Jesus that my life started to, I started to experience miracles every week. <laughs> and now it's like they're tangible things that I know because I've prayed for these things and I've experienced them. And even it's increased the faith of my friends. And I, and I, I love that because people don't see what's going on behind mm-hmm. the scene. They just see the miracle happen. But like I was talking to our pastor yesterday, she's like, you're experiencing miracles every day, every week, because you are so intentional about your prayer life. And so can you share how you're intentional with your prayer life? Like what was your, your prayer life in Miami? You know, you were probably sounds like praying occasionally, but not consistently. What's different now? So I think it wasn't until I started to do the burning hearts, which is a 21 day challenge that our pastor, um, had us do and being in the word every day for an hour with prayer and worshiping and journaling and all of that that was like that's the foundation for me Mm -hmm. um when I was in Miami I didn't really have that I hadn't really committed to that 
I, it wasn't until I hit rock, rock bottom that I went all in with Jesus. That's the truth. I didn't even own a Bible for the first three years that I was a Christian. And anyway, so what does that look like for me? I wake up daily. I open up my Bible. We go through the whole Bible in a year. And that's how I start my day. I, I put worship music on. Mm-hmm. I journal what I'm grateful for. I journal my prayers. And I ask for forgiveness daily. And that's a huge one. Um, that's really... I'll give some examples, too, on what I witness you doing. Is okay. You are someone who a friend calls or a friend texts whether it's they're sharing that they actually openly need a prayer or they're sharing something that you're like, that needs to be prayed over, is you're the friend who picks up the phone and starts praying with that individual. Someone's having a bad day or going through something, you're the friend who walks with them and you're praying over them. You are such a prayer warrior for other people, for your family, for people that you don't even know, you know? And that's, I think, something that when it goes back to why have you seen so many miracles is yes, you're relentless with asking for your own life, but you're relentless for asking for other people's lives and God blesses those who are relentless. I truly believe that, that he sees your full surrender. And I'm asking these questions, which I know we were like, we're talking about singleness, which we're going to get to because the first question was just how have you been able to thrive in your single season? And I think this is the answer to it is Jesus, a relationship with God. And do you have anything else you want to add to like how you've been able to thrive in your single season? Well, I think, um, when you understand that the Lord is the number one thing that's going to satisfy you and you do that inner healing, it's like you're unstoppable. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I came from a lot of trauma. I came from a lot of codependency, which led me to drinking and finding love in the wrong places like men, you know? So it wasn't until I, committed to that, that I started to thrive in my singleness. I remember I was talking to someone who was out here in California and I I was like super excited. They were sober, Christian, whatever. And after like three weeks, it like kind of faded. And my girlfriend was asking me about it. And I was just so like, it is what it is, you know? And she was like, wow, you're handling this very well. And I was like, I'm not going to try to control something that's not for me, mm-hmm. you know, whereas before I would get so hung up on it and I, I just also wasn't used to the Christian dating thing. Yeah. So how have you been able, you've mentioned trauma and even just like how you handled that portion of like, okay, this isn't for me. Some people might take that as rejection or as something to do with their self-worth. Have you been able to heal from stuff in the past, whether it was from your upbringing or from past relationships to be able to have such a, um, sound mind a really centered mind yeah i i've invested a lot in myself in my healing in my um journey i've gone really close to people who have the results that i want and i think that that's really important i moved out to california to be closer to my mentors Mm -hmm. to be closer to um our church which I was connected to a really great church in Miami, um, but I just really felt like the accountability was a really big part in me moving forward in my healing, in my um, dealing with all my childhood traumas. You know, I I had to step away from what I was used to, what Mm. I was um, comfortable 
with and step into that unknown and fully trust in God um, and allow him to show me that he is good and he is better than I can ever imagine what I can do with my own life. So just fully trusting and surrendering. And I don't know if that even made sense to the question, but I did want to go back to the miracles Mm -hmm. because I've experienced so many miracles in the last year. And I think one of the miracles that I want to share is I used to try to be in control of everything. Mm -hmm. When I really laid it at the feet of Jesus, um, what I realized is that he works fast. He works faster than what we can do on our own, like with our own will, you know, um, even just moving out here, I tried to move out here almost three years ago and I was miserable and I said, okay, I'm going back. I was living with a boyfriend and I knew I shouldn't have been doing that. Um, I knew I wanted to be in Orange County. I went back home. I traveled for nine months and the Lord took me to places I couldn't like, I had no idea I was going to. And when I went all in for like the last time, I found myself in Orange County Mm -hmm. in the most beautiful place with the most incredible community that I'm just so grateful to have. And yeah. Well, you're very humble and you're not sharing all these amazing miracles. So I'm going to share them. Is that okay? So for people who don't know Gigi is Gigi literally packs up one bag, goes to a conference in Texas, not in California, in Texas, has a grand old time. The Lord does all these really cool things in her life, which one day she could share about because it is powerful and shows up in California after just to visit some friends, probably not the intent on staying, but bought a one-way ticket, still only has one bag, chilling on someone's couch and is like, we're on a walk and just looks at me and is like, yeah, I'm going to stay. I'm going to figure it out. God's going to figure it out. Like what, two weeks later, you had a place to stay. The rent wasn't crazy. You were living with another one of our girlfriends at a godly friendship, which was amazing. And then that situation, you needed to move. God gave you another house. She was praying for a car in the midst of all this because she left her car in, in Miami. So she I didn't, didn't have even a car. have a car yeah, for the so last 12 years. Praying for a car. She gets a, she gets a luxury vehicle for free. <laughs> so guys, she was praying for jobs. She got multiple jobs. She was praying for her debt to be paid off. She, the debt is gone. So God showed up. But I do believe, obviously, it's not just you praying. It's you being disciplined and taking action and being totally. bold. Like, you were someone who said, this is what I'm doing. Can, can you guys be praying for me? And what ended up happening is people came back with resources and said, we love you. We want to be a part of the mission that the Lord is doing in your life. And that's what God does too. When he sees a purpose and a mission and people are taking action, he shows up. Just yeah. like you said, he moves fast. Yeah. So if you are praying for these things, guys, go be bold, but also be disciplined, be obedient, and be in prayer. Be in community. Yeah. None of this would have happened without community. No. Which is so cool. Yeah. Let's go, Jesus. I'm so glad you're here. Okay, back to dating. Back to reality. Back to life. Back to reality. I mean, there's always, there's always has to be singing when I'm on here. So what are we going to do? The other reason that I really wanted you on here, which you know of, but I want to share with everyone is Gigi and I, the Lord threw in our lap, this crazy opportunity to be pouring in to some really powerhouse Christian women who 
are single and ready to mingle, but you know, maybe some of them are not ready to be married to maybe not even be ready to dating. And so we are in 31 days of prayer and fasting and community to dive deeper in relationship with God, ourselves and others in preparation and transformation for marriage. And we're doing it again in June. And I'll share more about that at the end. But I just wanted to say that that is coming back down the pipeline. The ladies who are in it now are having an amazing experience and God is showing up because this is not what we expected. I know. We were like on the phone like, yeah, let's have a little prayer group together for like six of us girls. Well, there's like over 30 ladies and we had to close the doors. So, yeah. Um, it's coming back, which I'm really excited about. Um, okay. So I already asked you what's been kind of your thriving thing, which I believe in sum, summing that up would be God first, healing, investing in yourself being around great people and removing yourself from situations that are just not helping you get to where God wants you to go. Accountability is Accountability. Huge. Ooh, that's good. Okay. What about though, like navigating the dating journey? I've witnessed you handle hard conversations with yourself, with others, with people you're dating. How do you think, what has helped you? Obviously God, mm-hmm. but what else has helped you be really good at navigating the dating scene? Or what would be some tips on navigating the dating scene that you like would give? to the person who is out there yeah, like, themselves Yeah, let's out just there. say that someone that you've never met is talking to you and it's a chick and she's just like, Gigi, I just, I am just having the hardest time dating. It's so hard for me to talk to guys or when they are, I just don't know even like how to have a conversation or put myself out there. Or I just feel like there are no guys. Yeah. Like, what do we do? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, it is a challenge, I will say. Um, especially for someone like me, if you're not going out there and drinking and doing mm-hmm. the things that a lot of people are doing, um, I think you have to really put thought and intention into what you're doing. So um, for me, I think the the best thing that I have found is the dating apps. Um, I think that it's a great way to meet people. Um, I've met some incredible God-fearing men. And this is funny and it's crazy, but it just, I feel like it's the Lord showing me that there are men out there that are really pursuing the same thing that I am. And it gives you hope. So I would say... Let me use that example. Is what Gigi just said, even if you didn't hear it this way, is change your perspective. Mm-hmm. change if you are constantly focusing on the negative and the lack you're going to always see the negative and the lack I love that and then what you just said was I'm going to put myself in places that I can experience dating I can experience people and I'm going to choose to see that God is showing me a way to redevelop my perspective on dating yeah I love that um I think really knowing who you are and the things that you enjoy because I feel like that whole thing of opposites attract. I don't. I, I don't know about that anymore. I think you want to be with someone who mm-hmm. likes the same things that you like. So for me, I love going to the gym. So I, it's so weird, but I never thought about it this way anymore. I mean, now I think about it like, okay, I could potentially meet mm-hmm. someone at the gym, whereas yeah. before I didn't really have a focus about that. So many dudes at the gym, right? <laughs> Especially the one that I go to, um, and then church. Or, um, where else? Gym, church. I love going to coffee shops. Mm-hmm. So that's You're something. You're the queen of walking too. I walk a this lot too. This is queen one and queen two of walking. Yeah. 
But it's interesting because I, I usually I'm I'm walking with a friend. Yeah. I, I'm praying with a friend. So I'm not really thinking external. Mm-hmm. But, you know, never know. you never know. Newport Beach yesterday, we mm-hmm. found that there were a lot of very good looking men. Yeah. Anyways, um, really knowing who you are and the things that you like. How did you find out who you were? Um, I would say that because I'm really big into personal development, because I've had a lot of pain with like mm-hmm. ex-boyfriends all having hobbies and stuff, mm-hmm. kind of really pushed me to find my own and be okay with, hey, I can do things by myself. I don't have to have a boyfriend to do every single little thing with me. And so that created something for me to be like, okay, what do you like to mm-hmm. do just all in your spare time? I love to read. I love to lay out in the sun. I love to go on walks. I love to work out, you know? And I have a great time when I just hang out with my girlfriends. You do. So how do you determine what's on your non-negotiable list? Whether you call it that or not, your desires list. Basically the list of knowing the kind of person you want to be with. Yeah. Well, for me, it's really easy. I look at my life and the things that I, that happened to me as I grew up and I was like, okay, what do I want to change? And so... I know now that sobriety is a huge deal for me and I, it's a non-negotiable and Christ, Mm -hmm. number one thing, it's a non-negotiable. Whereas before I didn't care and my options were a lot wider and bigger, but now it's like, that's why I can say it's a challenge because there's specific things that I am looking for. Yeah. Um, and I just don't open my time to whoever. But it's a challenge that you're worth keeping. Totally. That's the thing. And it's because you know the why. Yeah. Of why it matters for you specifically with sobriety and then with both of us for foundation and relationship with Jesus. Totally. How that positively Mm -hmm. impacts a marriage is I'm cool with going through the challenge and waiting a little bit longer if I know that my marriage is going to last forever. Exactly. Because of that. Yeah. That's great. Okay. What else is on your non-negotiable? Give a few more examples. I really believe that being family oriented, I love my family. Uh, we're so connected. So someone that loves their family and wants to be okay with spending time with uh, mm-hmm. my family and vice versa. So like a good relationship with their family. I think that that's really important. Um, someone who's health conscious, like I, I don't want to date someone who's going to fast food restaurants every week. Mm-hmm. It's just not my thing anymore. So I would say faith first, family, faith, family. I always say faith, family, fitness, finances, like someone who's just, you know, who has integrity Mm -hmm. in all all areas of their life. Those would be mine. That's great. How do you discern what should be on the list and what shouldn't be on the list? Because I think there's a lot of times where we might like word vomit what we want on the list. Yeah. But not all of them are really necessary for making a great marriage. Yeah. I think that leave room for the Lord to surprise you. Pick like three to five non-negotiables that you're not willing mm-hmm. to nudge on. And then, you know, I, I've realized that I'm attracted to blonde men but if he's not blonde, okay. Yeah. You know, hold it with an open mind. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was talking to someone who's in our church community that's been married before and she has a lot of wisdom. 
And she was saying, she was like, write the whole list, go to God, pray about the list, remove the things that God says to remove, and then take that list to someone, have them pray over the list, and then remove again, and, and involve community. And then once you've gotten the full list, give it back to someone who is an elder or someone who's wise and that can speak into your life and is prayer filled, connected with the Holy Spirit, and say, hey, I'm going on a date. And I want to run this person by you. Wow. Can you help me decipher if I should continue going on dates with this person? Which I thought was so in like amazing because I've done the list. I've involved community, but not in that level. I was challenged. I was like, great, I need to go revise my list. Because to be honest, if I'm being really brutally honest with myself, I was like, I haven't actually revised my list since the first time I wrote it. To the degree of like, did I ask the Holy Spirit about some of these things? Mm, Because I was always like, oh, they're character based. These all make great things in a marriage. But did God tell me to put them on the list or did I just put them on the list? That's really good. I think it's really important to make that list because what happened to me is I made those lists. Mm -hmm. And I found myself in relationships, but I wasn't specific enough sometimes. And that stuff showed up and those are yeah. really big non-negotiables later on that I realized I was like, oh, wait, I didn't put this on my list, yeah. but I need to. And the thing you just said, be specific. Yeah. Because I've dated people where it's like, oh, I said that was part of it, but it was so generalized yeah. that I I'd almost just umbrella captured that individual mm, of like, yeah. oh, yeah, like that's what it was. That's but it happens. wasn't as deep as I thought. But that's why dating is so great. Yeah. Because you can revise your list. You get to know yourself more. You get to know God more. You get to know people more. Mm-hmm. And you don't learn that unless you get out and go date. Totally. Okay. What happens if you're like going on dates with someone or you're messaging with someone on the phone call, whatever, you're getting to know a human being in the dating world. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I don't think this is a guy. How yeah. do I tell them that? Um, so for me, what I would say is I have done the Christian dating for the last year and a half, and these men have been so respectful and have sent the most beautiful messages that for me, I was just like, I will copy and paste this. Oh, great. Thank you guys. Wow. (laughs) Setting an example. Um, I, to be honest, I think that when you say things from a place of love, Mm -hmm. it gets received well. And so. It's just being completely honest. It doesn't make the person less or unworthy. It's just if you yeah. know they're not for you, just say it in a nice way. And I think about the scripture of protecting your heart and protecting other people's heart or treat yeah. people how you want to be treated. All of those scriptures go back to, hey, it's going to hurt a little bit sometimes when someone doesn't want to be with you. That's reality. We're human. And even it doesn't matter how confident you are, sometimes it stings if you're ghosted or someone says no, but I would rather my heart be protected and I would rather text someone a really hard text or call someone and have a hard conversation than know that I was leading someone on. Totally, which is so funny because <laughs> there was a guy that called me. He called you? I've he, called people before. He was 20. It's awkward. A 24-year-old. <laughs> Wow, that's nice. I didn't know it was a date at first, but yes. Anyways, that's really but nice. Yeah, it was actually really funny. I will say, yeah. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah, just yeah. do it. I as The way I look at it is how do I want to be treated? Yeah. And that might mean you have to deal with some backlash. Ladies, Gigi says that she has dealt with all the respect. Well, I'm really glad <laughs> that she's dealt with all the respect. I'm, I'm about 50-50. I've had some 50% amazing, respectful 
beautiful Christian men that just have a heart of gold. And then at 50% of some really weird stuff, guys. So to all my ladies that have experienced some cuckoo pantalones, you've got to get on your knees and start praying. Do not respond. Do not engage. Love on them. Because they are human, too, and they are going through stuff. Yeah. And to all my gentlemen doing some cuckoo pantalone stuff, like, <laughs> just stop doing that. I'm not going to give examples, but I have experienced some really weird stuff. And God reminded me of one again this morning after something else happened. And I just started dying laughing. It was like three years ago. Some guy sent me some really weird texts. And I was like, I can't believe God just reminded me of that. But I think he was just, again, bringing me back to my senses that... Keep going. That's yeah. what I want to say to you, ladies. Keep going because if you stop now, there the enemy's going to bring in all sorts of distraction, and he's going to bring counterfeit people, and he's going to bring people to knock you off your horse of the foundation of the Lord. So it's not about you know seeing who can not get rejected and who can win this game of of never being rejected. You're going to get rejected. You're going to uh, unfortunately reject other people. But well, you've got to keep going, and that's the same thing in any life, any area of life. But I think it's harder sometimes in dating because it feels like it's just like daggers to the heart sometimes. Well, I'll say this: um, it stung every single time I got a rejection text from these guys, except for the ones that I didn't really care about. Which, when you look at it, mm -hmm. it was so funny. I would come home from my dates, and I would kind of be like convincing myself as to why it would work out and i really believe the lord doesn't want that like yeah. the lord wants yeah. you to be excited um but i think that rejection is protection amen that's good and it's redirection mm -hmm. and so when you look at it that way it's like all right god yeah thank Say you that again rejection is protection and redirection so good for everything. For everything. Not just dating. Yeah. Friendships. It's feedback. Where you live, where you work, where you're going to church. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. <laughs> I just had the weirdest analogy pop in my head. Why does this always happen? Just like your bowel movements. <laughs> your, your gastrointestinal track this is it's my true fetish. though guys you know my roommate keeps telling me to get a allergy test because yeah <laughs> we'll leave it allergy. at that okay <laughs> anyways you brought up a really good point around like coming back from dates and just being like eh, i don't know convincing yeah how do you decipher like oh, I'm convincing myself, or this is a really great guy and I want to move forward, or God is saying, close the door. Well, go back to your non-negotiable list. Okay. And, like, look through it, and why are you feeling this way? And check in with yourself. Mm -hmm. And ask the Lord. Take it to the Lord. I, I think that oftentimes we, we talk to man about man instead of talking to God about man. And uh, what I found in my dating is that sometimes I've had really hard things that I need to like figure out. And I've asked everyone around and then the Lord's like, I was here all along. Yeah. You could have just asked me and I would have given you an answer, which he ended up giving yeah. to me later down. But it's like in the moment, just mm -hmm. ask God, why mm -hmm. am I feeling this and way? And sometimes even when you're asking those friends, 
Like I'll look back at past relationships and friends were like, yeah, I told you that. And they're believers. And like, they most likely were preying on it. And I just didn't want to listen to them. That, that too. I, I can like share an example of that. I had a, my old roommate, like she, and I literally asked her, I'm like, how can I be mm-hmm. a better friend? How could I have supported you? Because I knew mm. from, you know, the second she called me and she told me about what was going on, I was like, oh, I don't know how yeah. I feel about this. But how how do you be a friend without overstepping boundaries? And she's like, you know, you did a really great job because you just listened to what I said Mm -hmm. every single time I would call you and you would pray with me Mm. and you weren't the only one giving me the same advice that, you know, my other girlfriends were giving me. But yeah, so... Well, that's a good point, too, of just like your own life. Living an integrous life in alignment with God will allow for respect in other people's lives, whether that person is a believer or a non-believer, and that they will still call you and ask you for your advice and maybe even ask you for prayer because they respect you, because you live in integrity. Okay, I want to go back to the question of how do you know when you need to close the door or you keep going with someone? Any other signs or tips and tricks i would say don't ignore red flags Mm. i feel like that's a really big common mistake that we do and i'm going to say i included because it wasn't until now that i'm really Mm -hmm. intentional about what i'm doing that i would just oh this person lied and i'd just be like oh it's okay and then what happens is it it becomes part of the relationship and i'm like no if you see something that you don't like don't excuse that person yeah. because what probably will happen is that it will magnify in your relationship. Mm-hmm. My rule of thumb with red flags, because at first sometimes the red flags might be connected to our past trauma and like mm-hmm. be a trigger and it's not actually a red flag. Yeah. Is I like to ask the person like, hey, like reflect, like I saw this thing or you did this thing, like what was going on there and get a perspective and it and ask if it can change. Yeah. And if it changes immediately, I would say, and they acknowledge it of like, oh, I didn't even realize I was doing that. Thank you. And they take full responsibility. Mm-hmm. I could see that as that's not a red flag. This yeah. person just didn't have someone to be the mirror, mirror yet. Yeah. But if the, it is a total gaslight manipulation moment, perfect. Thank you for showing me your character. I'm going to see myself out the door now. But how do you <laughs> keep the red flags red and not pink? And you know what I'm talking about. So, like you said, like, are they willing to change? Like, Mm -hmm. and here's the thing. I am not expecting people to change anymore. I did that for so many years. Mm -hmm. I would try to change every boyfriend that I had. And I don't want to do that. I want to accept someone for who they are. Totally. Um, I would say. And I'll, I'll talk about that change for a second. Is I'm not talking about, like big old things i'm talking about care not character things but behavior things like the way the tone that they spoke of something or they didn't open the door yeah or well you know no i don't know no no hold on no that's not a bad example but i do think that you have to communicate your desires to an extent on some things okay I had a boyfriend that i communicated that way got it and nothing changed no it changed but it was almost like, I'm doing you a favor. Mm, okay, so no, no, that's that's like gaslighting. I don't like that. No, that's not, I'm like, that's not changing for, to desire of change. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, okay, so the, the thing I was pointing out with the red flags, pink flags, is you and I both believe in waiting till marriage. Yes. And I think that that's the secret sauce to knowing when something's a red flag mm-hmm. and not just making excuses and making red flags, pink flags. 
So you're talking about purity? Yeah. Like no one can see a red, they they will ignore red flags because they've got glasses on that are different colors and they think that all of a sudden the flag is purple or pink or yellow. Well, are we talking to the person who's living in purity or we're not? Because I would say, I mean, I can't speak for every person listening right now, but if they aren't already walking in purity, then they might desire to be, or they might desire to want to know how they would get there. Mm-hmm. And if they are walking in purity, continuing to build a strong muscle around that. So it's we're talking to a lot of different people in the their journey with purity. Yeah. So tell me the question again around mm-hmm. the red flags. Basically, just how do you decipher? Well, I mean, I guess I'm answering the question is that you you are someone who knows what a red flag is mm-hmm. because you're choosing to live in purity. Yeah. However. I like I had I was dating a guy for like a month and he did something, you know, within the first two weeks Mm -hmm. and I continued to date him for like, you know, like three more weeks. That red flag, although he acknowledged it and apologized Mm -hmm. right away, it showed up Mm -hmm. in other ways in the other in the other weeks that we hung out and it, it came down to anger and it was just something that I'm like this doesn't sit well with me and it's not something that I want in my future. And it, it, again, it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with you. It's, it's Mm -hmm. when, when people get triggered and these red flags come up, it's an opportunity for them to heal. But I I think it's important to have the conversations and and share what you desire Mm -hmm. and what you're willing to deal with and not deal with. In the past, if you weren't living in purity in that situation, do you think that would have lingered for longer? Absolutely. Like how much longer you think? The thing is that I, I believe that when you're healthy, mm-hmm. it's easier for you to pick up on the red flags yeah. and move forward faster. Totally. Um, yeah. Okay. So as we close out, before we share more about our June, it's called wifey to be group, by the way, wifey to be 31 days of prayer and fasting. Is there anything else that you would want to share with the ladies and gentlemen listening that are just ready to go deeper in their relationship with God, to really involve God in their walk around singleness and the season that they're in? Any encouragement? Anything. It it can be whatever you want. I would say if you want a different outcome, you have to do things differently. Mm. So what is the ultimate goal in your life? And if it's marriage, I really believe that pursuing the Lord, pursuing purity has to be at the top of your list. Mm -hmm. And before we, we close, I want to say this because one of the questions that you had me ask that I, I don't think we as Christians who are seeking, you know, other Christians and our spouses. Yeah. Be upfront. Don't linger. Don't wait to say the things that are important to you. So this was a mistake that I saw a few of my friends say and or do that I for some reason just felt so convicted. If you are waiting for marriage, say it. Say it before yeah. you go on the date because I have had to cancel c- cancel dates mm-hmm. because men even though they're Christian, they're not willing to wait. So what is the purpose of going on the date? 
Okay, talk about that because you're talking about being equally yoked. So if there's certain things and it goes back to your non-negotiable mm -hmm. that you are, you know you're not willing to budge, don't waste someone's time and don't waste your own time. It's good. I, I really believe that those are things that need to be said up front. And again, you're protecting yourself. Mm -hmm. How do you stay so confident and grounded? Because you are someone, I'd say we're very similar. Like we're just like headstrong, will-filled. Like the second that we met God, I think it was just like kind of like, oh, I found myself. Like cause <laughs> truly that is what happens. But I, I think you are just someone who's like, I believe with my whole heart Jesus, my salvation, I've been made new and I'm going to stand firm on this and you do not let up. Give us, give the listeners some tips on how to really be that bold, confident self that like you are. I would say again, being in the word, knowing truth, having accountability. It, it really just goes back to the lifestyle that we live and, and just making sure that you can trust in the Lord and know that he blesses obedience. And even if it takes a little bit longer, yeah. I heard this the other day, it's better to be single in your thirties and forties than to be single in your sixties and seventies. And I'm like, yeah, like we're young. We're, we're living in mm -hmm. our purpose. We're building things like we have all that, those years to live with, you know, our person. Yeah. Okay. So something that I hear in that is you are some, you are able to live with confidence, a sound mind and a lot of peace and patience because you are so firm in who God says you are by reading the word. You're firm in who God says you are because you know what God says about you. Yeah. And that you speak that over your life daily. You involve him into every area and you know your purpose and you go after it. And singleness, I think this is something too that we've been talking about in the 31 days is that like you can be miserable when you're single or you can be having a good Driving. old time and going after that purpose because you're only going to be single for this short period of time. This is such a short window. And by the way, if you're dating, engaged, you're still single, you're not married, you are not yoked to that individual yet, which is a blessing. And you get the opportunity to have more time to pour out to the Lord. Because the second you have a husband and children, your ministry becomes towards them first and then to the community around you. So right now, as single ladies, we get to pour into our community of ladies around us, pour into the young ones around us, pour into our churches to an extended level that, I mean, we spend hours with these people that I'm like, this will never happen again. Totally. And I love it. Yeah. That... And I hope and pray that everyone listening feels the same way about their singleness is it's not something that should be miserable. It should be really fun. It should be a blessing to be able to, for me and you both, we both have long distance friendships and families. I get the opportunity to call these people more than I ever will yeah. and talk to them about their lives and pray with them when I'm walking and, and call my family more than I ever will if I'm if I have a child on my hip and a husband that I'm loving on. Like totally. it's just not gonna I'm not gonna have as much time. Yeah. So, yay, I'm so glad you were here with us. I love you. I love you. We are doing our next 31-day challenge. June 5th is when we launch. So if you're interested in joining, you can DM Gigi and I 
both or separately. It does not matter. DM us wifey. I'm going to put our handles in the show notes and we are so excited to have you join. Just so you know, it will be prayer, fasting and community for 31 days. Yes, I know that might seem like a lot, but you can do it because if you want a hubby, you got to get close to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. (laughs) Why am I so weird? I don't know, but let's, will you pray us out? Okay, yeah, let's do it. Please. Okay, hold my hand. (laughs) (laughs) Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity to come together and just share an amazing conversation of two women who are just so on fire after you, Lord. Thank you for every listener listening to this podcast, Lord. I pray that it would speak to them in a way that is specific to them, Lord. I just pray that whoever is listening would um, have a softened heart, an open heart, and that you would begin to just work miracles in their life, Lord. I pray that whoever is listening to this podcast uh, would have the courage and boldness, Lord, to reach out to Emma or myself, Lord, and ask for specific prayers or help if it's needed, Lord. I pray that this podcast would reach a lot of people um, and ultimately, Lord, that we can glorify you through what ever it is that we're doing in our singleness, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for this time together. We love you and we thank you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. And if you are a single gentleman or you got a brother or a cousin or a friend, my girl, Giselle, (laughs) Gigi, she is looking. And are you open to people who are not in California? I am. She is to be determined on relocation, but she is open. She's ready to mingle. So just DM me and I'll, I'll see if it will get passed to her. <laughs> Love you guys. If you enjoyed this episode, if this was helpful, please like, share, and subscribe. Also, send us to some friends of your single ladies and gentlemen. Love you guys. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Break Free on Purpose podcast. Like, share, subscribe for more. See you next time. Peace.